serious about headphones? Headphones.com is. Welcome back to Textonation. I'm Fred Fishkin. Joining us is Headphones.com CEO and founder, Andrew Lissamore. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Fred. How are you doing? Terrific. Well, you have a website dedicated to some of the best headphones and music listening technology. Give us a little more about the site and the history behind it. Yeah, I'd love to. First, thanks for having me. Um, so headphones.com is a, it was a really unlikely company for me to start. And the history is a really interesting one. I was actually a software executive and, uh, was kind of enjoying a career in business to business SaaS software until I realized that, uh, I wasn't very passionate about SaaS. <laughs> I was good at it, but I wasn't very passionate. And there was a point about six years ago where I really wanted to get an expensive pair of speakers because I love sound and I love audio gear. And my wife, who is a very conservative accountant, said, this is a stupid idea. Why would you spend this much money on a pair of speakers? And she had a point. And, and so I thought, how can I get these speakers and, and not anger my wife? And so I had this crazy idea that I'd start to sell some of this stuff on the side. It continued to do my, my career. And I, I thought, hey, if I can break even selling speakers and some headphones, I get an excuse to have all this stuff around my house. And she can't complain because there's no financial impact. <laughs> so at, at no point did I think, oh, this is a, a great business idea or this will be my next uh, stage in my career. But it turned out that this thing actually worked really, really well. And I, I think it's you know partly because I was so passionate about it. So I just kept spending more and more time working on this thing. But also there was early uh, kind of signals of, of success. And I think a lot of it was because I'd taken all the rigors of, of marketing uh, business to business SaaS software and I just applied it to, to e-commerce and to, uh, to high-end audio stuff. And I think just the marriage of my passion and, and my history in software really helped this thing kick off. So, you know, now we're six years into this um, and we're having a blast. It's grown a ton. And um, I think we just started to really focus on, hey, what are people buying this kind of thing really care about and what do they need to know? And so we focused there instead of on trying to sell stuff, we focused on building trust. So that's what a lot of our business is built around is building trust with our target market, which is a lot of fun for me because I love the stuff. And we create tons of content and information for people that are interested in this stuff or are interested in, in getting into this stuff. What a great story. And now the accountant approves, I assume. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> it took years. <laughs> and with all of this equipment around, maybe she can hear the difference when you play the, the, the different speakers. So, uh, that's still probably a stretch. She, she's still <laughs> using her, the, the headphones that came with her, her iPhone, unfortunately. <laughs> Tell me, you had uh, even more of a personal motivation here, perhaps the, the interest that you had in the speakers and the music. You have a musical background uh, and heritage too. Tell me about that. Yeah, for sure. So I, I grew up in, in Canada and um, my grandfather was uh, Mark Kenny, who was um, a Canadian musician. He actually had Canada's most popular big band uh, from the 1930s all the way until he retired in the 2000s. So he had a a long and epic career. And I kind of came into the world uh, in the 80s. And he, he was at the, you know, kind of the tail end of his career, but I'd 
constantly meet people who were of an older generation who, you know, they met their wife dancing to him, uh, to his big band, and, uh, and he was kind of a legend. And so I grew up around that and got to spend a lot of time around him and listening to big band music and, and going to these dances and, and really loving it, not really realizing how lucky I was at the time. You know, looking back, it was a pretty abnormal uh, thing to be exposed to. And he made sure that I, I had a lot of, of music influence and exposure when I was growing up. So he got me into piano lessons when I was really young. Um, I started playing the trombone, which was one of the instruments in his, in his band, definitely uh, inspired by, by him. And, uh, and then, you know, I finally got into high school and realized that uh, it seemed like the women really liked people that were in rock bands. So I took up the bass and joined, joined a band and, and started playing shows. Uh, now all of that has subsided uh, because I'm really busy running the company and also have two kids. So mostly I'm, I'm playing acoustic guitar for my, my four-year-old son now. But the music still runs deep and I've, I've loved it my whole life. So I feel really fortunate to be around it. That is, that is really terrific. So tell us about headphones.com. You've kind of touched on it a little bit. What you offer that other retailers really don't or, or can't. Yeah, well, I, I thought when we were getting this thing started, I thought, uh, you know, there's a lot of stores out there. So what's the point of us dedicating our lives to making another one unless it's going to be different in some way and hopefully provide more value to people or different value? And so the thought experiment we did at the beginning was uh, we just wrote down what would a utopian headphone store look like? You know, what would a perfect headphone store look like? And, you know, we came up with a bunch of ideas. Most of them were, were not practical. <laughs> And some of them seemed impractical, but actually turned out to work. So one of the really crazy ones is that we thought, hey, you know, a perfect store would give us a really long return window, especially with something like headphones that are so personal. So we looked around at other stores and it seemed like 60 days was kind of the maximum return window and 30 days was, was the average. And we thought, what if we did a year? What if we gave people a full year to spend time with their new product and get to know it? And... Um, you know, even though we didn't necessarily want someone to take a year to figure out if they like the thing or not, we thought it'd be a really good way for people to just be able to relax and get to experience their new product and see if it was really a good fit or not. And that also created this really interesting incentive because it made it so that there was no reason we'd ever want to just sell someone something because we knew if we sold someone the wrong thing, we'd get it back at some point. So it gave us this really great front-loaded incentive to curate our store really well and also to try to give people really good advice on what to buy, just so they would like it for, for a year and hopefully beyond. So that was pretty rare. I think the other thing is that we, we focused on this, I kind of touched on this, but we focused on content um, to help educate people about these products. I think a lot of stores think of content as a, a medium to get people to buy stuff. Uh, in other words, their ads kind of vaguely disguised as reviews and you know, my thinking was that people can see through that. So we decided, hey, we're gonna do a lot of content and it's gonna be built around generating trust. Trust with the people who are into this stuff and trust with the people, with the people who could get into this stuff. We thought, hey, if, if they trust us, hopefully they'll also buy from us. So we'll tell people you know, the thing we sell is maybe not good at these things or maybe something we don't sell is, is a better fit um, and we do that because we know that every time we say something like that, it surprises people and, and kind of creates this extra trust and authority. 
And so it's, that's actually worked out really well. We've, you know, on one hand, I, I think we've lost a few brand relationships over it because we've criticized some of the products that we sell. Um, but, you know, if you lose a brand, it shows uh, the customers that, hey, that's how much we take this trust and, and authenticity and integrity seriously. We're willing to actually, you know, put our business on the line to do it. But a lot of brands really appreciate it. They understand, they, they take the feedback really well. And of course, the customers uh, really appreciate the honesty. Well, that is really extraordinary. Something comes to mind, though. I mean, I've been around a really long time. So many years ago, Jeff Bezos came in the studio to see me to tell me about his idea of selling books online. Mm -hmm. And I was skeptical because, hey, I like to thumb through a book uh, before yeah. before I buy it, like people used to do. It would seem to me that most people, if they're going to buy headphones, would want to put them on and listen. Mm -hmm. um, but you're able to overcome that because of this return policy? Or tell me about it. Partly. I mean, it's funny that you brought up Jeff Bezos because he was one of the first people to put negative reviews about the stuff he sells online. And I remember he had a lot of trouble with the three book distributors he was dealing with because he was allowing customers to put up negative reviews. And, you know, obviously those book distributors wouldn't be complaining anymore about the volume Amazon is doing. It turned out to be the right strategy. And I think that kind of normalized uh, to some extent what we're doing. But yeah, you're right. I mean, headphones are such a personal product that um, the, the real way to experience them is to put them on. And so that's part of the genesis of our return policy. That's also why we spend so much time trying to put out really great information and content about these things so that you can hopefully learn enough to make a good choice because it's still not very practical to you know have 100 different pairs of headphones shipped to your house so you can try them all out uh, but i think it's really convenient to be able to do research at your own leisure you know figure out what questions you need answered and hopefully we have those answers uh, for you and maybe narrow it down to to one two or three pairs of headphones and, and you get to give them a try and then find the one that, that really works for you. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, there's always me a space for brick and mortar stores um, that are great venues for you to be able to go and, and try things out and even buy from. But I also think it's nice to be able to sit comfortably in your home and, and browse and, and shop. And maybe if you're not somewhere that's in a major center where you're close to a, a specialized headphone store, um, you know, it's really nice to have an option like this. And also, we have such a, a large catalog of really high-end products it would be pretty impractical for a brick and mortar store to be carrying so you know your are uses trade-offs i think you know it's nice to be able to pick something up and experience it but it's also nice to have maximum options and maximum information about the things you're buying so we've done our best to try to make as much of the brick and mortar the in-person shopping experience and bring as much as we can to the digital world but also there's unique advantages to the digital world that we're also taking advantage of to try to make a richer shopping experience. Well, these are personal choices and I don't want to put you on the spot, but is there anything that's a, a really big hit this holiday season that people might want to take a look at? Yes, absolutely. Um, so for the first time in, in my you know, headphone career, there's a product that I can now recommend to my parents and to people who have, have not really been into this stuff, but can give them a glimpse of what the high-end audio world is really like without requiring a ton of, of friction or effort. So one of my favorite companies is a French company called Focal. 
It's spelled like Focal, so F-O-C-A-L. And they're legendary for making incredible speakers and car audio systems. And they entered the headphone world in the high-end space in 2016, making some of the world's most renowned headphones. But these things cost upwards of $4,000, $5,000. You know, and I would really recommend that people spend that much unless they have that much to spend on headphones. And then if you do, that's what I'd buy. Um, but they've actually released a wireless Bluetooth noise-canceling headphone. Uh, it was released just, uh, I think it's October 4th, so it's brand new to the market. And to me, it's the first real high-end, hi-fi headphone that you can just take with you portably and put on without needing an amp or a, a bunch of extra gear to go with it. So it's a practical headphone. It looks beautiful, incredible industrial design. It's called the Batisse. And I think a lot of uh, North Americans are going to uh, just read the spelling and think it's the Bathys, the B-A-T-H-Y-S, uh, but the French pronunciation is, is Batisse. So the Focal Batisse this holiday is, is definitely my recommendation to friends and family, and we're already selling tons of them as gifts. So I, I definitely recommend checking that out. Terrific. And what if the person that you're buying for maybe already has a very good pair of headphones and you know i guess we use the the, the word audiophile i guess you, you hear that a lot maybe it's overworked mm-hmm. but what might some other gift suggestions be for that kind of person well it depends on how well you know them and if you know what headphones they have um, i think if they've got a nice pair of headphones it's likely to have removable pads and it's always nice to get them a replacement pair of pads or if you know what the cable is on that headphone, or you can find it out, getting them a really nice cable. And I, you know, there's a, a, a whole school of thought about whether cables make a difference with the sound. And I'm not going to get into that discussion, but when it comes to ergonomics and how they look, you know, a nice cable can go a long way. The universal uh, gift that I think is, is really underrated is a headphone stand. And it's because not many people will buy one for themselves because it feels a little luxurious and unnecessary. It's something everyone who has a nice pair of headphones can benefit from. And if it's a nice pair, you want to show it off. So put it on a nice stand. Very, very interesting. For more info, the website, once again, is headphones.com. That domain, getting that getting that was a big achievement too, wasn't it? It was. I'll tell you that story over a beer, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Well, headphones.com. Andrew Lissamore, thank you so much for spending time with us. Thanks for having me, Fred.